Welcome to the Dia de los Muertos edition of Puro Politics, the political podcast of the San Antonio Express News. My name is Gilbert Garcia, Metro columnist, and I'm joined by business editor and columnist Greg Jefferson. And we're really happy to be joined today by uh, the Express News City Hall reporter, Megan Stringer. Uh, Megan uh, came to San Antonio, I think about a month ago from Wichita, Kansas, where she uh, worked for the Wichita Eagle, and she's doing great job covering City Hall. Uh, Megan, thank you so much for being part of the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, I wanted to start by talking about the meeting the city council had last Wednesday. This was a special meeting called to talk about the 2022 bond program. And it seemed like the real focus was the issue of Greenway Trails funding, um, which has, there's been kind of a debate going on um, on the council about that. What was the, what was the big issue there? Um, the city is looking at removing 16 million um, from the bond uh, for, that were proposed for the Greenway Trails. City council members are um, really interested in seeing more money, for the most part, go toward infrastructure needs like drainage and streets and sidewalks. So the city originally proposed 126 million in the bond uh, under parks go toward the Greenway Trails, um, and then brought that down to 110 million. Um, so it was brought down from the initial proposal, but some city council members are still saying it's too much um, for the Greenway Trails. Initially, when this was uh, proposed, the $126 million figure was was uh, proposed to the council on October 13th. And then the three who I think voiced the, the, the major opposition at that point were Terry Castillo on the west side. And then you had north side councilman uh, John Courage, Clayton Perry. Um, when the, when the council voted this past week, you had also had Ana Sandoval and Jalen McKee Rodriguez joining them. And the argument, I guess, was was basically that the infrastructure needs of the city, particularly drainage and streets and so on, are just so great that they felt that putting this much money, uh, bond money, into the Greenway Trails system was just was too much. Yes, that is right. And I think some of them see the bond program in particular as a way to really get at the city's infrastructure needs in a way that other funding programs um, can't. And um, I think they're interested in seeing the greenways, um, you know, take a longer, whether it's take a longer time to fund that over, you know, more years or just look at other funding sources um, for that to happen. So I, I think they're expressing that the bond in particular should be for sort of essential infrastructure, basic infrastructure needs. Um, not everyone feels that way. Of course, the mayor has been supportive of um, funding the Greenway Trails in this way and doing this now with the bond program, um, at least with some of the changes. I know Mario Bravo said that uh, he felt like staff listened to them by making that $16 million reduction um, for the Greenway Trails. So it, it, there, it's not everyone is agreeing. It's about, it was about a five to six vote last week on some of the changes. So it's a pretty split council. Now, like last Thursday, um, the day after that meeting, you had a, a big announcement from Jalen McKee Rodriguez, who is a freshman council member from the, the east side. And he was introducing a council consideration request, which he had submitted, which would expand the 2013 non-discrimination non ordinance, which anyone who's in San Antonio at the time will remember was just a really contentious issue in, in the city. Um, and the non-discrimination ordinance essentially expanded civil rights protections to uh, the LGBTQ community as well as as veterans. And um, 
what when he talks about expanding it and and the need for 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 greater protections or just a, or a stronger non-discrimination ordinance what what is he hoping to bring to it yeah, so I think there's two main parts of that that the councilman is looking at. Um, the first being just an expansion to cover more private businesses. So um, employers with 15 or more employees would be covered um, under his proposal that he's looking for the council to consider um, and contract workers as well. So just physically expanding the number of people who uh, could make a complaint under this ordinance. So that's one part of it. And the second is uh, enforcement and awareness. Um, you know, Jalen talked about um, discrimination, instances of discrimination going underreported, people who aren't aware they can file a complaint um, or are, you know, worried about doing so because they're not wanting to rehash something or, um, they're not interested in um, paying legal fees and getting advice in that way. So, um, so the other part of the expansion is to put up a sort of awareness campaign mm -hmm. around it and just educate people that, you know, the city has this ordinance, here's how it works, here's what you can do. Um, and part of that is um, the city, he's hoping the city would offer um, some sort of help to people who file a complaint in the way of legal fees so mm -hmm. that people who make a complaint don't have to sort of rack those mm -hmm. up themselves. Do you know, under the existing NDO, just as it is now, how many complaints have there been since it was enacted? Do you know? It's um, just over 100 um, from the fall of 2013 through June of this year. So um, the councilman was saying that's that's not very much considering... Um, mm -hmm you know, what, what we know about how often discrimination occurs and he would like to see that number be higher. Yeah. And I think that that the, one of the things that's interesting about that is that, you know, that some people, uh, when in, in response to the councilman's proposal said, well, you know, how many asked, how many, how many, uh, complaints have there been? And his, his point was, well, that's, you know, precisely the reason we need this is because there haven't been many, because there hasn't been a lot of awareness about it. But I, I want to ask you, Greg, um, Coming from your your business perspective on this, the the issue of making this apply to to businesses um, in San Antonio, I, my 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 memory isn't is that in 2013 we had business support, the chamber uh, supported it. When you start applying this now to to private businesses, how do you think that's going to go over? Yeah, I mean the chamber was all for it as long as it applied to. Uh, city government itself and city contractors. Uh, this is a whole other thing. And uh, I, I think it's it's really too soon to tell uh, how the business community is going to react. Understanding that in San Antonio, it's kind of a, we talk about the business community. It's, it's kind of a fiction. You've got, you know, about half a dozen uh, chambers of commerce. You have different industry groups. Uh, so we have yet to see if they're all going to, you know, if they're if they're going to coalesce at all uh, and form some kind of opposition. I got to say, though, I wouldn't be surprised. I think, uh, you know, I think the chambers, generally speaking, are going to see this as uh, government overreach. I mean, I, you know, to me, um, my question is, OK, if. You know, it doesn't seem like the city has done uh, really yeoman's work in enforcing the law as it is. Uh, you know, you've got more than 100 complaints and I think very few, if any, uh, actual violations found. Like, how good will the city be at policing 
you know, a much broader ordinance? And is city council willing to actually, within the budget, set up actual money to enforce this thing? If not, then it's, you know, it's it's a feel-good exercise that's really not going to result in anything if there's nothing you know, nothing in the way of funding to, to police it. So I think that, you know, that's, those are definitely areas that have to be, you know, or questions that have to be answered before, you know, this, this proceeds much further. Yeah. And I think that that's going to be a lot of the debate about this. Um, Megan, it looks, it's, it looks like between the people, uh, the council members who signed the CCR and the ones who were standing there with Jalen McKee Rodriguez, when he had his, his press conference last week, it looks like there's, general support maybe among five of his of his colleagues i mean maybe the details uh, they may have some issues with some of the details but it seems like they're at least sort of conceptually uh supportive of this um is that is that your sense on this yes um they're signing the council consideration request there were four other council members as, as well as uh councilman mckee rodriguez so there's five council members supporting there um as well as the district three councilwoman phyllis Vigran. so um we're at six council members voicing support mm-hmm. at least um at least right there so i i think there'll be um some talks about the details and and what this mm-hmm. means but there does appear to be a, a majority of council support uh, right. already at this point and the mayor's still hasn't weighed in? Uh, not publicly, no. Um, yeah. But uh, Councilman uh, McKee Rodriguez did say that he he believes he has the mayor's yeah. support in this. And, and the mayor did did vote in favor of the 2013 ordinance. Obviously, that, that was that was a different ordinance than th- what this will be. Um, I wanted to move to the issue of redistricting because, uh, as with the uh, Congress and and the state legislature, the cities going through the redistricting process, and we've seen. Population growth. I think the, we're now at a point where the average council district um, has a, have a population of about one hundred forty three thousand. And I, kind of looking back at this, I I saw that in nineteen eighty one when we began the redistricting process. Then I think the average council district was about seventy eight thousand. So these these council districts have grown geographically and in terms of population. I know it's it's got to be more challenging for council members to. Uh, serve their constituents under those circumstances. So there's talk about adding council districts. And you wrote a, a really good piece about this, looking at, at at this issue, because I think a lot of us assumed that the um, if council districts were added, it couldn't happen until 2023 through a, a charter amendment vote. But there's actually some legislation. I think there's some legal debate about this, but there's legislation which... Uh, could potentially um, offer the city a, a way of, of avoiding a charter amendment vote. What, what, what's the what's the story behind that? Yeah, so there is this state law from 2001, uh, former state legislature and a current executive of the San Antonio Water System um, said that he helped craft this in 2001 to essentially give the city another option. Um, it was looking at redistricting at the time, had still seen seen growth at that time 20 years ago, and um, was wondering under then Mayor Howard Peak if, if there could be a choice to add city council districts now rather than sort of going through the difficult process of amending the city charter and putting that question to voters. So, um, so that, that state law is on the books from 2001. Um, 
there is there is some question, um, you know, looking um, and speaking with outside attorneys as to the extent of that state law. Um, it allows for up to 14 city council districts. So there are some questions there about whether or not that number includes uh, the mayor's seat on city council. But the city currently, um, you know, is looking at the impact of that law. But it seems like most of the city council, uh, as well as city staff and the city attorney, are leaning toward uh, staying with a charter amendment. So um, essentially, you know, waiting to to put the question to voters of whether or not San Antonio should add city council districts. Um, you know, mm-hmm. as compared to sort of moving ahead with that now um, and, and keeping the question away from voters. And John Courage made a point that I hadn't really thought about, which is that, you know, we're going to go through the redistricting process now. And if we had that charter amendment in 2023 and added council districts, it would be a second round of redistricting right after that. It would. Yes, it would be a sort of uh, redistricting now and then doing it again in in two years rather than uh, in 10 years the way that's sort of intended. Um, And uh, the District 1 Councilman Mario Bravo had had made a point um, at some point in talking about redistricting as well and said, oh, could the city technically draw new districts every Mm -hmm. year? Uh, And the answer from the city attorney's office was, well, technically, <laughs> yes, uh, if, if legally you were you were interested in doing that, but um, but so, sort of pointing out um, the leeway that council members have in drawing these districts and and you know how seriously the council should take that. So the districts as they are today, I mean, which ones are particularly top heavy? Just uh, you know, have far more population, you know, far larger populations than than other districts. Yeah, District 8 on the north side is quite populous, is um, 9 and 10 as well. A lot of the city's growth in the past decade has been sort of on those outer edges of the city rather than in the inner core of the city, um, mm-hmm. and particularly on, on the north side. So District 8 is quite populous and, and needs to probably lose some residents up there. And then if you start looking um, inward at District 5 is one of the least populous uh, districts on, on the west side there, uh, represented by Terry Castillo. Mm-hmm. Um and and needs to um, see some new residents in that district to even them out. Is the idea that we need more districts because to to take the population as it is today, the city's population, it's just too difficult to work them into those to the ten existing districts. Is that why we're talking about adding districts that it's just easier that way? Yeah, I think the argument for adding districts um, just looks at the the sheer size of each district's, you know, the mm-hmm. ideal size of a district. Mm-hmm. Um, the upcoming districts now is around 143,000 people, like you said. Um, one thing that a, a law professor pointed out to me is that that's the size of, of, of a mid-sized city, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And so the, the argument for adding districts would be um, sort of giving residents just a better chance at representation. Um, you know, if you have fewer people in a district, you supposedly, um, you know, theoretically, you have better access to your council person. Um, it's easier to connect with them. It's easy to sort of um, let them know of your interest and, and priorities and sort of give you a little bit more of, of a voice. Um, mm-hmm. So giving people um, just more say on their city right. council. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that we're probably going to hear some discussion uh, about uh, what happens with the medical center, which is in the highly populated District 8. And I'm sure there'll be some some talk about uh, what, what to do about, uh, about that. Um, Megan, thank you so much for joining us in the podcast. It was, it was great having you on and, and uh, welcome to San Antonio. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be on this podcast and uh, happy to be in San Antonio. 
Last Wednesday, um, by pure coincidence, uh, Josh Burdesky, the editorial board, and I had columns on the same subject, the funding for the Greenway Trails program, and had you know somewhat different takes on them. And we had a reader uh, in response uh, suggest that that we you know we kind of talk the issue out and how we, it would be a good subject to talk about in the podcast, and we agreed with that. And so we're really glad to have Josh join us today. Josh, thanks so much for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So I want to talk a little bit about, to kind of get your take on this debate over the Greenway Trails funding, which earlier in the, in the podcast, we talked with Megan Stringer about, you know, the, the, the bond program and, and, uh, and the, the special meeting that, that happened last week. When you, when you saw, I think this really flared up on October 13th, when this recommendation, which was initially 126 million later went down to 110 was presented to the council and you had three council members, Terry Castillo, John Courage, and Clayton Perry uh, object to, to that, that dollar figure. Give, give us a sense of what your take uh, has been on this issue. Yeah. Um, well, going back to the October 13th meeting, when, when I saw the objections, uh, Clayton's objection did not surprise me at all. I, I thought it was, um, you know, very ideologically consistent and, uh, John's, uh, objection surprised me for a number of reasons. Um, one, you know, he's championed the Greenway trails and two, his district in particular, um, is pretty much completed. If you look at the list of bond projects, you know, for Greenway bond projects, there's just one that, uh, involves his district. And then Terry's objections, I, I guess it didn't surprise me, but how she started surprised me. If you recall, she, she said, she, she said that, um, she'd like to see all of the funding, um, cut and then, and then just distributed to the districts to have the districts choose how, how it should be spent, uh, presumably on drainage or other infrastructure. And I, that really caught my attention, um, because I think that there's there's been a, a an understanding within the community, at least with some voters, that um, as the sales tax funding for the Greenway shifted, that um, the project would be completed and uh, and funded uh, most likely through the bond, but or if not through the general fund in some capacity. And and so I think that those are sort of my initial reactions. I think maybe digging more deeply, um, whether it's the special meeting that they ultimately had or you know, that October 13th meeting, um, it, I kind of felt a lot of sadness around the discussion in, in the sense that, um, it was pitting, uh, what you could argue is two, two, um, issues around equity against each other and, and points to, um, a fracturing, uh, like obvious fractures on, on council where it, it could prove very difficult to, have consistent majorities or, um, I guess, a, a political discussion where people can compromise and, and, and sort of find a, a way that, that works for all. Maybe, you know, people don't get everything they want, but they get some of what they want. And, and so I, I guess in, in broad terms, those are, those are my reactions, uh, to, to both the October 13th meeting and the special meeting. I, I want to preface this by saying that I, you know, I strongly support the the Greenway Trails program. I think it's been it's been a great benefit to San Antonio. Um, I mean, it's something that that you know we've seen develop over the past twenty one years, and it, you know it's required a lot of patience to get to this to the point that we're at. Um, but I think it, it is it has really enriched the city a lot. And I think what my perspective was on it, it was that 
when this was pre- presented to the council, maybe this there was some underlying sense that I had um, that I that this was being presented to the council by city staff as though this is something that we promised we were going to do and and we got to do it. And I think I think there were some council members who uh, accepted that narrative, and I think there I. I got the sense from a few who even had some issues with the $126 million figure, but had this feeling of like, well, well I guess we promised. And w- what I uh, wrote about was the fact that um, when, uh, when this was talked about on October 13th, uh, assistant city manager, Rod Sanchez said, you know, this was, this was something that we promised we were going to do. In reality, when this was first discussed and it was in February, 2020 and, uh, I think a lot of our listeners will remember at that point, the plan was to take sales tax, the sales tax uh, funding that went to the uh, aquifer and to the Greenway Trails program and put it all into um, public transit. And this was just a few weeks before the pandemic really started to hit the United States hard. And as a result of that, Mayor Ron Nuremberg decided that he wanted to uh, focus instead on workforce development. And we've ultimately ended up with this compromise where we had workforce development for, for four years and then uh, followed by public transit. But when it was, but the, the, the basic issue of taking money from aquifer and Greenwich trails uh, was delivered to the council in February, 2020 and deputy city manager, um, city manager, uh, Maria Villa Gomez, uh, when she made that presentation in February, 2020, uh, she said to the council, we're you know we're looking like we're going to get um, eighty three million dollars from the county to to do uh, twenty six miles. That'll leave us with forty five miles to go, and we're going to keep talking to the, the county and, and see if there's a way of of you know getting more help from them. And if if that doesn't happen, we'll come back to the council and and recommend it for a bond program beginning in twenty twenty seven. So I, I thought that was important because I thought that um, one of the things that I sensed from some council members. Uh, and Anna Sandoval uh, expressed this to me was that when this was put to the council on October 13th um, by Rod Sanchez, this was kind of new information to them. It was, it kind of dropped into their laps. Like we're going to put 126 million of the bond into this. And I'm not, I can't say for certain that no council members knew that this was uh, in the planning stages, but it seemed to surprise many of them. And I thought that, as far as process goes, and I think all of us have, you know, have been interested in, in the process of city government, that, that felt to me like a problem that th- they didn't seem to be aware of this. And she was on the council at the time, Ana Sandoval, and d- was not aware that this, th- the plan was to put this into the bond in 2022. So I think that there was a, a, a as you said, Josh, there was a, a broad understanding that if we're going to take this sales tax funding for the greenway trails away we're going to we're going to make sure we find another way to fund it and we're going to complete it and i and i think that's absolutely the way things should go but i i think the question began uh, for me was was it really clear that this was going to be in the 2022 bond and what about the dollar figure because if the if the county is now putting in 83 million or so for 10 years that we're looking at roughly a little more than 40 million for the next 5 years if you know, to take john courage's suggestion let's do 50 million instead of 126 well you have 50 million for five years plus 40 from the, the county that's a little over 90 million that's more than than we actually put into the bond into the uh, greenway trail system uh with the 2015 
uh, sales tax. And I think over that five-year period, we had about $80 million. So it would be continuing the program and, and funding it at least as well as it had been. So when you, when you bring the, the figure up to 126 or even the 110 that we ultimately ended up with, you're, you're kind of, uh, when you bring in, add the county's contribution, you're, you're kind of doubling what we were doing before and accelerating the program. And I don't, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I think it's certainly a, a, a debatable thing. I think it's something that it's reasonable to, to, to look at. Mayor Ron Nuremberg said, uh, it was an interesting take. He said, you know, if we, yes, we have $3.1 billion in drainage that needs to be fixed. But if we put, you know, another 20 million, as was su- someone suggested into that, that's, 0.6% of the problem being fixed. But if we take that money out of, um, out of the Greenway trails, that's a major difference in that. And it's an interesting take, but I mean, the, the alternative would be to say, if these drainage problems are so massive, we ought to try to find all the funding we can. So I guess that's where I was coming from on that. And, and, uh, you know, I, yeah. So, uh, Greg, what, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I'm not asking you to be the referee. Well, actually I'm, you know, I, I have a question for you. I mean, uh, what, do, what do you think is behind uh, Rod Sanchez's presentation? Why do you think the tone of city staff changed to one of, of this yeah, kind of urgency? It's a good question. Any, any guess? I mean, does this, it, I mean, it seems like, you know, maybe talks aren't going so well between the city and Bear County. Maybe there's something else going on. Do you have any, any, any thoughts on that? Yeah. and and. Eric Walsh, the city manager, addressed that, and he kind of he he looked at the specifics. and And I'll, I'll say this: I think everybody involved in this, I really do think everybody, I, uh, in, including city staffers and 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 Rod Sanchez, I think I think everyone's coming at it from a place of wanting to do the right thing. I really do believe that, um, or or at least most of the people involved in this. Um, I think his his when he said this was something that we that was promised that we were going to do this in the bond. I I, I believe that was pro- that's what he. Uh, thought to be true, but I think I think they had they have not been able to get the, the help that they, that they thought mm-hmm. they would with the uh, with the county, and I think uh, they decided that they wanted to they wanted to to speed this up. I think I mean was that is that your sense, Josh, that they felt like you know the the talk about twenty twenty seven, which they they had in, in early uh, early last year, that that they just felt that that was they wanted to move ahead faster, right. Well, I mean, and again, yeah, that, that was pre pandemic. Right. And, and so there was that dynamic and I think, and I, you know, I can Mm -hmm. say that I had numerous conversations with the mayor, um, as workforce was starting to, was developing about funding uh, for the greenways. And, and he repeatedly said Mm -hmm. on the record, uh, you know, that, that, um, they should look at the 2022 bond, and, you know, because the Greenway has a history of being so popular that it's, it, you know, support for it lifts other projects, so to speak. So I, I think, you know, um, yeah. certainly within the realm of the political discussion, I mean, if, if Ron was saying that to me on the record, mm-hmm. you know, over the last eight, nine months or whatever, uh, it, certainly he was saying it to others. And I, I think, you know, also, I mean, there's just so many layers of complication here. Like, you know, a year ago, September of 2020, um, Anna Sandoval, you know, there were a lot of questions around whether the Greenway would be funded. And there's a quote here from Anna Sandoval mm-hmm. in, our, sure. in our own paper. We can't be a city right. that only provides that type of amenity if you live in the far suburbs and not in the sure. oldest parts of San Antonio, she said. How we move forward on this issue is going to demonstrate our commitment to equity in San Antonio. 
And so it's, it's a, it's a very complicated discussion, I think about, you know, what the expectations I guess were, obviously they were different among different people, um, say nine or 10 months ago and, and, and how this project gets funded and what it means to either speed up funding or, or slow it down, you know? Um, but, um, you know, even though I, you know, I mean, I, on the drainage side, at the most recent meeting, mm-hmm. we, we heard a lot of emotion around mm-hmm. drainage. Uh, it'd be, I, I'd want to hear more specifically about what projects aren't being funded that should be funded. You know, uh, where is, is this, where is the most urgent need? And, and frankly, I think the question that should be asked is, is the bond, if it's super urgent, it, you know, the bond is for projects 2022 to 2027. Is there another funding source that's quicker uh, that, that can, you know, address the, these concerns? Uh, you know, you don't want to be at the back end of a bond project if it's a really pressing concern. You know, could it yeah. be funded through COB or uh, out of the general fund? There's a lot to unpack around, around the broader discussion, I guess. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think that, you know, one of the things that, that when, you know, getting to Greg, Greg's question about why they wanted to, to, to speed this up or move, move ahead. I mean, I think you've written about this, Josh. I mean, as a result of the pandemic, I think that the trails were visited by a lot more people. We started to see, you know, this was, uh, the, just the recreational aspect of this and, and the ability of people to use these trails at a time when the rest of their lives were being really limited was, is important. And I think that, I would have to think that factored into the city's thinking when it came to the idea that we want to we want to move ahead with this thing faster and get more miles of this thing done, uh, you know, on a on a on a quicker timetable. Or as time goes on, it doesn't get finished, right? Right. It does, you know, I mean, you know, sales tax dollars are once they're committed, they're committed, and so to place them in the bond uh, or to say you're going to fund a, this project through, uh, say, the general fund as an alternative. Then it, it, you know, then then things are are not committed, right? They they can they can um, be redistributed or um, or changed. And I th- so I could imagine, and again, just speaking hypothetically from a staff perspective, um, you know, maybe that's that was a consideration. But I, I do think to the point of your column, Gilbert, where, where I really ag- agree with you on is um, how staff has a tendency to pigeonhole council. Uh, so that uh, in some ways the decisions have been made and, and council um, is sort of left to sort of nibble at the edges. Um, so I thought, I thought you were really spot on with that. And while we disagreed maybe on, on, on the Greenway Trail, you know, how much to fund or, or not fund, that's a real dynamic. And I imagine that was some of the tension in, in this recent discussion. I just want to, like the last point I want to make, which I thought was interesting and, and, uh, speaks to your the, the, the sadness that you expressed about some of the division we're seeing. Uh, there was a, a fundraising email from Manny Plies, which uh, uh, I saw last night, uh, which I, I imagine will probably cause some uh, unhappiness among some of his colleagues. Uh, in, in, and in the message, he says, uh, this past week, I had to fight to avert a disaster. Some of my co- colleagues tried to strip funding from your Greenway uh hiking and biking trails. And I fought to defeat that bad policy decision. So, uh, and he used the term defunding San Antonio's trails. So I'm sure there's going to be some discussion at city hall about this. And, and, uh, re- I, I don't necessarily want to see it affect, um, the ability of the council to, to work together. But I think that I mean, it's probably, it's probably a good thing that, that, that the debate happened, you know, hopefully it will not co- cause such a, such a, a strain in the, uh, 
the relationship there that that uh, it makes it harder for them to function. Yeah, I mean, what if what if Jalen and and Terry and Courage had started at eighty six million dollars mm-hmm. and they had met at a hundred million dollars, yeah. right? Uh, so, uh, it, it's a much different political conversation. That's right. Instead to start at 50 million, I think, and then belatedly come in at 86 and then it, it's just the dynamics totally shift if, if you're yeah. able to, you know, find collaborative paths. Yeah. Well, Josh, it was great having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for, for doing this. Thanks for uh, everybody listening. We hope everyone's doing well and we'll be back with you next week. Take care.